Hi everybody, Pete Sardis for The Lawyer You Know, back talking about Elizabeth Holmes and the Theranos trial. A bunch of high profile investor types testified this week, but at the end we're gonna talk about a little bit of flashback. I learned something that I found was kind of interesting and I hope that you'll stick around to see how it came out and you tell me what you think about this little tidbit of information. But before we do that, as always, you know how it works. If you like the video, click like. If you're enjoying the series, please subscribe to our channel. It helps us out a lot. Obviously, always leave me comments in the, in the section below so I know what questions you have and I can try to tailor this to your liking. That being said, let's jump into it. First person that testified on Tuesday is a guy by the name of Daniel Mosley. Daniel Mosley works for a big silk stocking New York law firm by the name of Cravath, Swain, and Moore. And Mr. Mosley gets involved because he has a client, and his client's name is Henry Kissinger, who is the former Secretary of State under the Nixon administration. Henry Kissinger happened to be at the time a board member of Theranos. And what winds up happening is Mr. Kissinger talks to Mr. Mosley, who is his lawyer, and tells him about what's going on at Theranos. Mr. Mosley is excited about it and goes and tells a number of his very high profile clients. Let me throw some names out at you. The Walton family the Devos family, the heir to the Ferrari slash uh, Fiat empire in Italy, the Cox family as in Cox Media Group. And he says that he actually invested some of his own money based on the representations of Mr. Kissinger. Ultimately, he indicated that, um, you know, he didn't really encourage the Theranos investment, but he did put people together and they made their own decisions. He testified that he put about six million of his own dollars into the uh, into Theranos. And he testified that his clients put a combined total of, wait for it, $403 million into Theranos based on Elizabeth Holmes's representations, based on the fact that they were gonna go uh, live with Walgreens, based in part on the fact that they had Pfizer review their systems and had a document from Pfizer, allegedly, that we now know is not a document from Pfizer, demonstrating how effective the Edison machine was. The second person to testify this week was a guy by the name of Chris Lucas. Chris Lucas is the lead at a company called Black Diamond Ventures, a venture capital firm. What they do is they provide seed money to startups that uh, need that money in order to be able to produce their, their business model so that they can eventually go public and produce huge returns. Chris Lucas learned about Theranos from his uncle, a guy by the name of Don Lucas, who is not only a, a big name in Silicon Valley for doing venture capital work with startups there, but he was also at one point uh, the chair of the board at Theranos. Chris testified that his uncle pretty much told him that the company was doing well. He asked for some documents that he would normally receive as part of a venture capital you know, evaluation, and he didn't get the financial docs. We didn't get a lot of things that he would normally get, but he said, Truth be told, he trusted his uncle. He also knew that he had inside you know, in intelligence about how uh, viable the company was. He also said that he was impressed by you know, the Walgreens deal and the concept that Pfizer had evaluated the company and it looked like it was gonna be okay. So he basically took their word for it and invested $2 million of his client's money early on, really early on, before most of this information came out in 2006, and then another $5.5 million sometime at the end of 2013. Obviously, we all know where those investments went. He also testified that he'd spoken to Elizabeth Holmes a number of times and was thoroughly impressed with her, and uh, you know she was uh, very convincing to him for all the times that he'd spoke to her. All right, 
And the third person to testify this week was a lady by the name of Lynette Sawyer, and she was the co-lab director at the Theranos California facility for about six months in 2015. She testified that, and I gotta quote this, she'd never set foot in the lab, she never visited Theranos, she never saw any of the devices or any tests from the Edison machine. She was only required to sign reports that she received by email that she couldn't modify and couldn't edit. She also said that all the forms that she was asked to sign looked like they came from standard FDA approved devices, meaning the stuff that's commercially available already, as opposed to the Edison machine. She indicated that she was concerned after about six months about the way this was running and that she couldn't talk to anybody, so she wound up leaving the company and resigning her position. On cross-examination, uh, one of Holmes' lawyers asked a pretty simple question that I thought was very telling. And the question was, well, why didn't you do something about this? And her response was, the job she took did not require her to go into the office and actually do anything. So her the job that she was offered and apparently took was just to sign off blindly on, uh, on documents provided by the company to her. Um, I don't know how well that's gonna go. It sounds terrible for Elizabeth Holmes. It sounds terrible for the company, but it does put a lot of onus, I think, on the people that were so, in my opinion, blinded by what they were being paid to do that they just completely forgot about their obligations to the investors, the shareholders, the you know the patients. So uh, just odd testimony from my perspective. With that being said, that was the extent of the testimony this week. Really wasn't the most exciting of weeks. I anticipate next week's gonna be a, a number of investors uh, are gonna be testifying about how they lost their money also. We'll see how that plays out this coming week. That being said though, I do wanna take a moment and just say, again, if you like the video, give me a thumbs up. If you're liking the series, again, please subscribe to our channel and don't forget to leave me comments and questions down below. All right, like I promised, let's do a flashback. I learned this week that there was a gentleman, some guy off the street apparently, who showed up before jury selection, you know, wearing street clothes and sat down and was chumming it up with some of the media personalities. He said that his name was Hanson and that he was just a concerned citizen and wanted to watch. Hey, nothing wrong with that. Federal courts are public courthouses unless the court actually, meaning the judge, shuts down a courtroom for some you know, legitimate purpose. Uh, anybody can walk in off the street and watch any trial. It's the way our system works. Come to find out though that Hansen wasn't just some concerned citizen off the street. In fact, what we found out was that Hansen was Elizabeth Holmes' current significant other's father. His name is William Evans and he's a pretty famous guy because he is a big real estate developer slash hotel owner in California and of course the father of Elizabeth Holmes' current partner and I'm guessing the grandfather of Elizabeth Holmes' baby. Um, when some of these reporters, I guess, caught on eventually who this Hanson guy actually was, they reached out to him at his hotel uh, website and he said, hey, why would you tell us this stuff? Why not just say who you are? His response to the email was, people have nicknames and you can pick whatever nickname you want. A really odd response, frankly, from my perspective. Uh, does it really matter that he showed up for jury selection? No. Do I think that it's odd for someone who has obviously a personal connection with Elizabeth Holmes to show up? No. The fact that he you know, put a pseudonym out there just to kind of mislead folks, uh, I think is odd. The fact that he would just start talking with reporters and starting up conversations if he didn't want to be known, I think is odd. But regardless, I found that out this week and I figured it'd be interesting for you guys. 
That being said, we'll keep you posted as things happen. Again, leave me some comments, subscribe to the channel, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for watching this episode of The Lawyer You Know. If you like this content, please share it with your friends. Make sure you subscribe to our page and like our videos. If you want some interaction, get in the comments and we'll be sure to get back to you. If you want to know any more information about our firm or this page, you can find out in the description or visit tragoslaw.com. We post multiple times throughout the week, so make sure you hit that bell so you can get the notification and not miss out on the next episode.